Hey, back in September, we celebrated some adventure here on the Carolina Outdoors. We went international, learned about a country over in the Himalayas called Bhutan. Now, Bhutan has celebrated tourism and people coming over there. Of course, us being an outdoor program, Mm -hmm. you know, we have talked mountaineering. But uh, back in the 80s, they got out of the mountaineering game in Bhutan as far as a tourist. So there's many... um, unclimbed peaks there they have i don't know over 20 some of them not even named not Mm -hmm. climbed at all because um mountaineering is not what their pursuit is but travel and uh uh, uh, trekking is something that they are are pursuing and also cultural trips and we had scott wurzbacher he's the host of inspire campfire on back in september if you want to listen to that go to highlights of the carolina outdoors and you can pick that up just type in bhutan b-h-u-t-a-n and up it will pop and we were worried about scott going over there and being um changed yeah well i was worried about him just getting there you know it's one of the most dangerous (laughs) airports in the world yes we have one of the safest here we do they have one of the most dangerous (laughs) only 12 pilots in the world are certified to take a commercial aircraft there so scott had one of them i did not know that the voice you hear right there that's wes lawson i'm bill barty your host of the carolina outdoors and with those two voices let's bring on the third and get an update of this trip to bhutan the land of the thunder dragon scott wurzbacher joins us scott welcome scott are, are you are you there? There's dead air there. Maybe he didn't make oh, it back. Hey, Bill. Oh hey guys, sorry. I was just I was just finishing up my meditation. Oh, he did change. <laughs> oh really? Inspire campfire, Scott. So uh, you're meditating, and are you burning incense? As we were uh, prone to think that was going to happen to you during this trip to Bhutan. Well, you d- you were worried I was going to come back a, tra- a changed man with uh, with incense and a whole new wardrobe, and you know uh, maybe some of that's true and maybe some of it's not true. But it, we had an absolutely amazing trip, and I'm so excited to be back on your show with you. Hey, what stood out the most during this trip? And it, we we've talked, you and I have talked a lot about anticipation and recollection. This is the recollection phase of the trip afterwards you've been back for several weeks now um, after traveling oh i don't even know how many thousands of miles away that bhutan is from us as you go into southeast asia but um tell us what stood out the most during this trip to bhutan well, it's, we, we don't have enough time, but I, I mean, it, it was a, like you said in the intro, I mean, so they're known for their, their nature and their ecology. It's just an absolutely beautiful place to be in these, in these foothills of the Himalayas and the, just the gorgeous valleys. It's really just a series of valleys. And, you know, we were up and we were down and we were up and we were down. We did a lot of cycling with Karen Dark, who is a Paralympic athlete. And, uh, you know, she likes to cycle when she moves. Her, her, her way of moving is, uh, is by hand cycle. And we spent a lot of time biking with her up and up and down and through the valleys. And, man, what a beautiful way it was to see uh, to see that country like that. Um, but it's also, you know, it's a very, very spiritual place. The, the Buddhism is, it completely pervades the um, culture there. And uh, it was just really cool to sort of see the embodiment of all of that. Um, and the people, I mean, the people are just incredible. They, they really are happy. When you got there and you safely landed and deplaned, what happened next? Well, that's a great question, because as a matter of fact, we were the first tourists 
back into Bhutan on September 23rd since COVID. So we, we were literally the first t- tourists, and they made a big celebration about it. They had media there. They had buffet on the tarmac for us. They had Bhutanese dancers. They had music. Uh, they presented us with, uh, with white scarves as we got off the plane. I mean, we felt like royalty. It was absolutely an amazing experience on that particular day. Think about that. If you get off an airplane in America onto the tarmac, there's probably a fire truck coming and a lot of police cars. It's, it's a diehard two situation. It's not a buffet and dancers. That's wild. So you, you mentioned that how, how Buddhism sort of pervades their culture and it is, it's everywhere, it's everything. Did you get to spend time with any monks or go through any of the monasteries there uh, in Bhutan? We did, uh, Wes, and that was actually a really, um, that was definitely one of the major highlights of the trip. We went to several different nunneries and several monasteries. Um, We got to spend the night at one monastery, as a matter of fact, Um, and it was really incredible to just be in the presence of these monks. And, you know, one of the highlights was that the the first day that we got to this monastery, um, there were the the young monks, I mean, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, and they were just as cute as they could be, but they were very, very curious, very shy, but very curious. Um, And uh, as we kind of got to know them and and, uh, kind of got them out of their shells, we just had an absolute blast with these just incredible human beings. And, uh, yeah, and then we actually had some time to spend with... uh, with a Rinpoche, who is a reincarnated monk, um, and he was an incredible individual and, and taught us so much and spent so much time with us. Uh, we were just we were really, really fortunate to have such an incredible opportunity um, to explore that the spirituality of that country. So I have, I have a question about meeting a Rinpoche. How does one how is it determined that a Buddhist monk is a reincarnation of someone? Well, I love that you asked that question because I actually am doing a three-part series on my podcast, um, and he is going to be one of the guests on that show. So you're going to get to hear it straight from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he actually, um, you know, they, they recognized some uh, miraculous things that, that happened around his home, around his uh, his, his being when he was born, and then um, there were there were on a number of occasions when he spoke of activities of the previous reincarnate. Um, and so he was brought by his parents to, um, to some other, I guess, you know, higher ups or uh, a panel or whatever. And they put him through a series of tests where they uh, would put objects in front of him and he had to choose from these objects. And some of them were, you know, fakes, and some of them were objects that were at, uh, a part of the previous reincarnate's life. And, uh, you know, he passed all the tests. It's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty incredible thing, and, uh, and the tradition in it is just, it's magical. And for our listeners out there, I mean, he would be the equivalent or similar to, like, the Dalai Lama, uh, yes. who, who uh, many of us know in, in mainstream uh, um, life and times of such. Our guest is Scott Wurzbacher. He is the host of the podcast Inspire Campfire. You just heard he's got a three-part series coming up on this trip to Bhutan. Uh, Scott, I want to delve back into the physical part of it because um, Bhutan, nestled there in the Himalayas, is known as a rugged high-altitude 
uh, country. You talked about some of the, uh, you know, high output activities you all were doing, like cycling. Any trouble with altitude? Any trouble with the exertion? I mean, uh, your host had a hand cycle. You are, uh, or an adaptive cycle. You are a more traditional cycling. Any trouble with the altitude? You know, Bill, fortunately not. And the way the trip was designed, it was really great. There was uh, there were 10 participants then plus our guides. But um, the way that our tour company designed it was that they there was a bus that um, carried whoever wanted to be on the bus and then whoever wanted to cycle could cycle. And we kind of stayed together pretty much the whole time. And so, you know, you kind of had the luxury of getting on and off the bus whenever you wanted. But, but you know, for those of us that did choose to cycle the majority of the time, um, altitude didn't really become a problem. We did a good, a good job of, of staying hydrated. And, and I'm not sure we really got above 10,000 feet, um, which that's a pretty high altitude. But I think, um, you know, I think that the, the altitude uh, sickness really becomes problematic kind of more above that. But uh, for the most part, we, we were all okay. Um, they do a lot of treks that do go higher um, into the into the mountains, but that was that wasn't this trip. I would think the landscape of this, and we've talked to you about some of your trips over or your uh, trip to Kilimanjaro uh, geographically. This Himalayan trip, I would imagine, is entirely different than a Tanzanian Kilimanjaro trip. Can you uh, let our listeners know in on that um, uh, difference? Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, when we were in Africa, obviously Kilimanjaro is a freestanding mountain, so it's pretty flat everywhere you look except for this massive peak that just kind of, it's just iconic, obviously, but everything else around it is just flat to get the Serengeti. And um, and, and in Bhutan, really, like I said, it, it is a series of valleys, and I, I would love for you to, to, to come back to the, the airport because the valleys play a part into that to the danger of the airport that you talked about. But it's very green. It's very lush. You know, the peaks are very high. Um, but but really, the, what's representative of the um, the landscape there is just imagine these. You know, you both sides both sides of the mountains that that come down into um, a river that sort of culminates at the bottom of each valley. And and we went we traveled a lot throughout the country, but it was just consistently these you know green mountains and valleys. Um, the Himalayas, I think that we think about that are snow capped. We didn't actually get to see too much of that actually if at all because we had a decent amount of cloud cover the high himalayas kind of sit to the north of bhutan and we were sort of in central bhutan um so didn't really get to experience those high himalayas that that uh you know like everest and and kind of probably what you might be thinking it was more um just really high jagged um green valleys and, well, and peaks and part of that i did it in the um in in the open to this segment but by 2003 they had banned mountaineering in those higher mountains um, and part of it was implemented out of a respect kind of what we've been talking about during this segment with you Scott uh, strong spiritual values the local communities attach to those mountains but because of that ban um, much of what you can see is unlittered because there you cannot um, mountaineer higher than anything 6,000 meters which is I don't know. That's twenty thousand uh, feet above above sea level, um, and the world's largest unclimbed peak is in Bhutan. It's nicknamed the White Peak of the Three Spiritual Brothers, and it is called, if I can read this, Gangkar Pensum. 
is the highest unclimbed peak in Bhutan. But going back to the beauty that you saw in those valleys, uh, much of it is what they are trying to share with the world, not through mountaineering, but by what you did, tourism, going over to see the, the beautiful um, um, scenes and participate in the culture. And also, Scott, what about wildlife? Any, um, any exposure to any of the wildlife they have there in Bhutan? You know, there, there, we didn't see, like, there are tigers, didn't see any of those. There is a, a unique creature called a red panda that I was super excited to see. We didn't see any red panda. Um, you know, the thing that we saw the most of, wild dogs. The dogs are everywhere. Um, and that was really, really interesting. They, you know, they're, and you do have to be careful because, you know, rabies is a potential thing there. But, uh, but uh, you know, it was unbelievable. And they're just as cute as they can be. And you, and you want so badly to be able to pet them and, and say hi to them, but you know better. Um, you, have, you have to kind of resist. <laughs> I'd like to see that on the YouTube. So that's video. a natural, <laughs> natural transition to... Uh, to talking about food and drinks while you're there. <laughs> yes. um, you Oftentimes, as Americans, we travel abroad, we, we jump right in with both feet into food and cuisine and then quickly look for what's familiar either at the Continental Breakfast in the lobby or you find at a, an international McDonald's or <laughs> I mean, yeah. things like that. That's not so much an option in Bhutan, I don't think, which is a wonderful thing. But what was the cuisine like? What were you eating did it agree with you? Would you do it again? Walk us through breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. So first of all, I have to tell you, I like spicy food. I love spicy food. And they have a dish there. Uh, I don't remember what the Bhutanese word for it is, but it's in uh, English it's translated to chili cheese. And what it is is it's essentially really spicy chili peppers sliced into strips and cooked in a, like a cheese sauce. And I'm, I'm telling you, we probably had we had it at least twice a day. Uh, I think sometimes they served it with breakfast. It, you put it over rice, and it was just, it was absolutely delicious. And I am dying to find a place here in Charlotte where I can get me some chili cheese because it was so good. Um, but yeah, a lot of rice, a lot of vegetables, sautéed. Um, you know, it's it, they, they, there was some chicken, and we did even actually have beef. Uh, a couple of times, but, um, you know, there were plenty of vegetarian options. And, um, yeah, I mean, the food was really, really good. Oftentimes when people travel, there there's this fear of the unknown, and it. I feel comfortable saying that, you know, your trip to Bhutan was about as far from a comfort zone culturally as, as one could expect. How did that feel with the people there? You talked about how warm they were, how friendly they were. Um, walk us through that, even though you know language barriers are real, cultural differences are pretty stark. How did it feel traveling around Bhutan? Were you at ease the whole time? Were you, were you nervous? What was it like? This, it's a great question. I, I felt completely, like wholeheartedly at ease the entire time. Uh, we had... Um, Four uh, Bhutanese guides with us, and they were incredible. Um, two of them spoke very, very good English. They were just, like, very highly educated. They knew so much about the culture and the nature and the people, um, but they both had really, really, really big hearts, and they made us incredibly comfortable. They were very flexible with us. They had, you know, planned out a great itinerary for us, but they were also very flexible to adjust if they needed to. The people of Bhutan that we met along the way um, were 
were incredibly friendly and welcoming. And then, you know, I mean, look, you get off an airplane and they treated us like royalty. I mean, we felt we felt very, very, very special. And so I would tell you that there definitely was some fear um, heading into the country and in that anticipation portion. But as soon as we got off the plane and they treated us the way that they treated us, I, I mean, I was completely at ease and yeah, never, never felt any sort of fear at all that uh, during that trip. It was, it was just, it was comforting the entire time. Hey, over at Jesse Brown's, of course, we outfit a lot of people for travel around the world and uh, cultural respect is something that we talk about. You mentioned going into the nunneries and some of the monasteries, was there an expectation for you as a visitor to that country um, to respectfully cover up certain body parts, to have pants on instead of shorts? Was there that expectation put on the group, or was all that out? Yeah, it's a great question. So the um, the tour company actually gave us an option ahead of time of purchasing some traditional Bhutanese attire if we wanted to, and uh, and many of us did. So um, I did actually wear a go on one of the days, um, and that was really cool. Um, it is it's a, it's essentially a robe, um, but if you don't have the traditional Bhutanese dress, um, Western wear is. 100% acceptable, but they do expect you to wear pants in the temples, um, and they like for you to wear long sleeves. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there, there's no question there is a there's a level of respect that goes with with that. I mean, like for example, when we were in the presence of the Rinpoche, I mean, we you know we absolutely had to be on our very best behavior and you know respect the respect the culture and. Um, yeah, that was very important. Our guest is the host of Inspire Campfire, Scott Wurzbacher. We're going to have a little crossover appeal on Inspire Campfire as well as what you're hearing now with Scott's visit because Wes is going to be featured in a couple of weeks. Mm. Wes Lawson, mm-hmm. our very own, on Inspire Campfire. And, Scott, you mentioned you've got a three-part series coming up on Bhutan so we can uh, we can log in, subscribe, listen to Inspire Campfire to uh, learn more about this wonderful trip. Yeah, thanks, Bill. I'm really excited about it. We're going to do an episode just kind of recapping our overall trip. Uh, we're going to spend uh, another episode um, talking with Kedrup Rinpoche, who I mentioned. And then we're also going to spend one episode talking with the national, the Gross National Happiness Office. And that's a concept that Bhutan has coined um, to help explain what's going on there and what makes their people so happy. So really excited to be able to share that uh, those three episodes with, uh, with all of our listeners. Well, we're going to tune in. It is called Inspire Campfire. Scott Wurzbacher, thank you so much always for joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and wrap this thing up. And, again, our podcast, Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors, with Wes Lawson and Bill Barty. We'll see you back here in just a sec.